everybody, and welcome back to the Chaluminati Podcast, episode 169. As always, I'm one of your hosts, Mike Martin, joined by the Jack Lemon and Walter Matthau of LA, Jesse and Alex. 100 and nice. <laughs> 100? I'm not that... I'm not that witty. I'm not that quick on the ball. I can't I can't think of it like that fast. So you can't think of it that fast. But no. let me tell you what you should be thinking about instead. Oh, my Patreon. God. Patreon.com. Wow. This guy what right into it today. Right Illuminati pod is a great place that keeps this show going. And uh, you can go there and you can support us with that website. Keeps the show coming out regularly feeling great. And bonuses that's the bonus the bonuses are really the good thing ad free episodes you know a mini sode every single time we do an episode which today i know you saw the freaking ai art i know you're out there wondering if we're going to talk about it i'm going to talk about it in the mini sode this week patreon.com slash chuluminati pod monthly art access to rotten popcorn there's like six that aren't out yep. or something there's a lot that aren't out yeah, uh, there's only two out for the public. All of them incredible movies. Really, just top tier blockbuster hits. Just kidding. That's not true. That's not real. But uh, that's not what the, the, that's not the point. They're all, they're all easily watchable, and we'll watch them with you. Basically, that's what the show is. So, and you can get those all early if you head over to Patreon.com/slash ChiluminatiPod, um, and you can go there. Yeah, you know where else you can go, Alex? Is ChiluminatiPod.com. <laughs> For live show tickets, everybody. We're also doing live hey! show tickets. If you were a part of the Patreon, you got early access to ticket sales, actually, by a couple of days. So, uh, yeah, if you want to come see us live in L.A. at the Terragram Ballroom on October 25th, please go to ChiluminatiPod.com. Get yourself some tickets. Come grab some drinks. Hang out with us. And we'll we've got an I can't wait for the opener of the show. It's going to be maybe my favorite opener we've ever done for any of our live shows. And I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. It was what we were supposed to do last live show besides technical difficulties that prevented us from doing so. And it's going to be super fun. It's going to be super fun. And uh, Alex, what else is going to happen? So here's what else is going to happen. <laughs> Everybody's going to follow the link on Amazon to buy some glow-in-the-dark teeth. And in the first minute of the show, Alex's big smile is going to happen with a bunch so of smiling, <laughs> sharp teeth. A sea, a sea of them all across the telegram. I feel like Alex is expecting this blinding light to re return to us. I don't us. know what he expects. It, no one can see it. No one's going to be able to see it because everyone's going to be in it. So the only one who's going to see it is him and us. That's what it's for. And I don't want to see Alex's. It's Alex's big smile. And you know what? I'm going to take a picture of it. So great. I'm excited for it. I'll take a picture of it, too, and it'll just be nothing. We can't see anything because we have the lights beaming on us. And the only thing we'll be able to see are the spotlights on us. <laughs> so, you know, no, we'll have to turn off all the lights, kill the lights and only teeth. Yeah, I'll take care of it. All, and I'm definitely going to remember again. ChuluminatiPod.com to get your tickets. There's a few VIP tickets left and some general uh, GA uh, tickets to grab as well. Things uh, are not included, but they're very no. cheap and affordable on Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Uh, unless they have like a, a no fang mandate, a telegram, but I don't, you know, we'll see if that ends up happening when we show up. If that up. happens. I mean, it's too late now. People have already bought them. That's true. I don't care. All this right. This is it. This is where we all, this is where we, Whoa, this, is this, is this is the hill I'll die on. Whoa. I don't even care. I don't I'll care. fight. I'll fight the venue if I have to, to get you guys those, Damn. those fangs. Wow. You was very aggressive. I, I, I appreciate that you go to war for our fans like that, though. The Chaluminots deserve such. I would Neither not. Neither would I, but Alex will. So Alex's big smile. And that's why it's Alex's big smile. Hashtag Alex's big smile. I'm about to give you a Alex big smile today, gentlemen. No, nope. for nope. today's topic. I'm very excited because 
You don't know what it is. I didn't know what it was going to be for a little while, um, but I have put together something as uh, we'll call it an apology. You, Jesse, last week oh, shit. came up with the insult and I took great offense to telling me that I greenstoned you. You greenstoned me, bro. Wait a minute. What does it mean besides having a great time? To be green stoned. So if me telling you that I it's being told that I got I green stoned somebody, it's it means that I built something up that built something up that didn't pay off the way one may have hoped. Oh, is that right? Green stoned. Green stoned is the Chiluminati version of blue ball. So it's like <laughs> it's the exact same so thing. It's like yeah, when, exact same concept. So it's like when you expect something to happen and it exceeds. <laughs> no, I don't think. Mm, I feel like that's not it. You're waiting no. for something and you don't get it because what you get is even better. I don't think so. Well, I got to undo that damage. I have to undo that damage. So, well, I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah, you definitely I got do. to. So today, today's episode, boys, is some of my favorite, most bizarre, non-gray alien abduction stories. Now, this is what I'm here for. Okay. All right. Including something I talked about well over a year, maybe two years ago. We're finally going to talk also about that man who paints his sexual encounters with the aliens that he has. And we're going to yeah. we're going to I'll show you those pictures. You can Google it, man. This man loves his aliens. This is what I joined this entire podcast for right here. <laughs> so we're just going to be like a grab bag of you just want spooky, spooky alien Florida man. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, kind of definitely some weird alien uh, Florida man moments in, in today's episode. Um, but we are going to first start with the last bit of the Coronado book that we used with a, re a regression therapy, uh, not to do with the Coronado uh, abduction specifically, but uh, one of the abductor abductees, Alice, the first person we spoke about, uh, her brother had apparently abduction stories and scenarios happen to him as a child. And he went to go see Yvonne, who was the author of the Coronado book, and they had a regression session. And I just wanna go through that session where you can see a, a different type of alien uh, performing some sort of weird abductions. And once again, Alex, you're gonna need to reprise your role as Yvonne. And Yvonne. Uh, Jesse, you're a man, a young man in his late teens, early 20s right now, okay? And this is in okay. 1992 specifically. So, you know, oh, you right. know, 19, 20 year old in 1992. And we're gonna open up with this one regression. And I promise they're just, the the situations will only get weirder as we continue on. She has, she has the energy, she has the energy of like a, like a, well, she's like a 90s ufologist. That's Yvonne, right? Yes, yes. And she's still she active today. And she was actually on a couple of years ago, uh, one of those travel channel uh, experiences, like uh, experiences, one of those travel channel shows where somebody was like going around trying to find evidence of a particular alien abduction. And they went to Yvonne as like a regression specialist. Oh, wow. So she's still okay. around. She's still around and doing work. Yeah. I don't know why I'm giving her the energy of Pierce Brosnan Mars attacks, but <laughs> that's just what it is. Uh, to set the scene, uh, this is, again, the man, boy's name is Jack. He's been, had been suffering for years from nightmares and panic attacks, insomnia, just impossible to find it time to relax and has weird memories of like blacking out and having missing time. And uh, Jack, when he came for his initial regression, this is what he put forward as like why he came. He said, the most recent experience was probably about nine months ago. Again, this is 1993 and he's like 20, uh, maybe a little longer. I was having anxiety attacks, waiting for something to happen. I felt something was gonna happen. I couldn't sleep at night, mostly between midnight and 3 a.m. I started meditating at night and I just said, I want answers and I wanna know what's gonna happen and I'm tired of all the waiting. I wanted to know why me? 
And then he then he moves on to like, why is he uh, he'd seen a lot of images of his uh, images, including his wife inside crystals and faces and things coming out of crystals. He started having weird fascination with crystals and started like having images almost like I kind of like imagine it like a, like a Jim Henson kind of gig where he picks up a crystal. And he just kind of staring into it. He starts seeing things. Um, he also continues to say that he has had a lot, he had a lot of interesting things happen to him with the crystals, like premonition and an, an ability to sense if there's going to be an earthquake a day or two before it happens. And he says he had a girlfriend where he was having a lot of anxiety and waiting for something to happen. And she got into a fatal car accident. He, he believes that this bad feeling that he had was leading to him kind of understanding ahead of time that she was going to die in a car accident, which is crazy. And there's another time that he said he bought a crystal and when he held it, he saw a vision of himself getting into a car accident with his blue brand new Mustang convertible. He saw what must have been another Mustang because it was white and it was spinning uncontrollably. And then that actually happened. Even then, somehow, he wasn't too worried because he said he saw it before. So maybe that made him less worried about the accident as it was happening. And after that, Did he, he said he write it, it down before he didn't write it down. He just kind of kept it in his mind. You know, I, sure. you know, it is what it is. Sure. <laughs> uh, and the, after that moment, he got even further into crystals and his weird ability to see things. So that's this Jack person, uh, Jesse. So that's 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 a little flavor of who Jack is at this point in 1993. And uh, we're going to go through his regression, the weird, uh, like wrinkly aliens that he ends up encountering. And uh, we'll move on from there. So first and foremost, your first bit to read, gentlemen. Allow yourself to take a trip back to November 16th, 1992. It's very late. Just feel yourself in your bed as you prepare for a night's sleep. Using all of your senses, just describe everything that happens. We're just laying down, turn off the TV, trying to sleep. I turn toward Melanie, just trying to sleep. Is Melanie asleep? She's asleep now. I, I, I'm nervous. The room feels funny. Feels like there's something there, but I can't see anything. I, I hear like a noise, like a hum. Oh, th there's someone next to me. Using all of your senses... Everything is sharp and clear. Describe what is next to you. It looks like a large head. Horrible, like a skeleton walking around the bed. Is it Sarah Jessica Parker? Is she on her own dog's body? Bro, are you talking about Mars Attacks, the incredible movie that is actually very scary for children? You mean the Bible of aliens? No, I'm sorry. <laughs> I have not seen Mars Attacks. I probably should. Mathis! He has a very dark eye. Oh my god. Just don't. I know I know what on. they look like, and I know they make like a eep, eep, eep kind of like then, noise. Then they go, that, that's what it was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He has very dark eyes, which seem to go around the side of his head. He's a small brown being, real wrinkly skin. Ew. Oh, he's touching me with something between my eyes. Ew. Wrinkly. <laughs> I know. <laughs> okay. It's E.T. It's E.T., right? Like, yeah, oh. yeah. It's E.T. Okay. Take a good look and describe what he's touching you with. It's like a black rod. Okay. Get in touch with all your body feels. How do you feel when he touches you with the rod? <laughs> I, just, I love that line. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm 10 years old. I don't know what so to tell you. So this brown wrinkly alien touches you between the eyes with his big black rod? <laughs> yes. Yes. Oh, <laughs> pressure. A lot of pressure. Looking into his black eyes, he's just staring at me. 
deeply. <laughs> I hear the commotion in the room. This isn't how I read it when I read the book, and uh, I'm afraid I will never not be able to read it like this now. You started this. I'm sorry. You made this happen. This is not the man who has sex with aliens, okay? It's not Describe him. Describe the commotion. This is, you started this. Describe the commotion. Um, there are beings moving around. I can't see them, but I feel there are three. Just... Take a look around you and describe what's happening. What are these beings doing? They're going over to Melanie. Oh, they're removing the covers. She's floating. She's floating above the bed. Is someone touching her? No, I, I can't see anything. Just his eyes. I feel paralyzed, kind of like a trance. I'm in a different room. Uh, Can you describe your surroundings? Um... It's kind of shiny, circular, grayish, lines on the walls, bright overhead, some sort of machinery, some sort of controls. That boy, the quiet boy who's in my class, he's there next to me, the sparkly one. Uh, now, uh, where do you see the machinery? Um, Past my feel, I'm lying down. <laughs> do you sense anyone with you? Um, The brown being and other little beings smaller um he's putting something over my head like a crown or something with lights on it what part of your head which head um just over the top part <laughs> like fingers holding on my temple and the top of my nose between my eyes oh feel pressure between my eyes across my forehead okay get a sense of what else is happening around you there's a lot of movement in the room Others walking around, very busily walking around. Oh, I'm looking into his eyes. He's familiar. Feels like my arms are being restrained. What part of your arms? That's like not a sexy question. <laughs> <laughs> Feels like below my elbow and above my wrist. I can't move. Oh, I see something above the table. He pauses, looking above him. Metal rods coming from the foot of the table from a machine. Ooh, a lot of pressure between my eyes. <laughs> he keeps saying ooh a lot. I know. I don't like it that. followed by the exact same line. Now, get in touch with how the rest of your body feels. Is anything or anyone touching any other part of your body? Um, The little beings seem to be touching my leg. Uh, My left leg, bending it. Moving it. They're turning me on my side. What's happening when they turn you over? Oh, I'm looking at the brown alien's eyes. I feel very tranquilized. Feel very light. They seem to be doing something with one of the machines. Okay. Just describe what's happening. What are you feeling? Oh, there's pressure. Feels like they're probing me. Not painful, just lots of Pressure. I just want everybody to be aware the ooze are part of every answer. It's, what it's literally it's not just really, the improv. It's really ooze. there. Yeah. It's not a joke. Yeah. Nothing um, about this I is funny. Nothing. Zero. Um, I think they're removing it now. Ooh, it looks so strange. Real strange, even. Describe what it looks like. Um, like a long, not a wire, but like a rod. Balls on the end. And looks like it opens and closes. Now that should sound familiar because that's something that that's what happened to Mike Evans. He had that weird, the Greys had that weird metal rod with that weird like that's cagey true. thing at the end that pierced his ear. He and said, somebody said clarification. 
Um, if the ear is punctured and heals, it may not ever fully heal, like fully closed. closed. So yeah. if he had that wound from 1994 and it, he never properly got it taken care of, it would have remained uh, like a hole in his ear. Just some fun clarification from some of our viewers. Did, out there. Uh, who got who, was it Mike that got scooped or was it Lu Lucy? What was her name? Mike Alice's? got scooped. Mike was the dude who got scooped. Um, uh, Mike got the ear. Lacey had the thing in her shin. And the one, uh. but the device that was like a scoop. Oh, uh, oh, uh, well, you're talking. Yeah, well, they got a device that went into Mike's ear and then they found they pulled out that weird a white circle, though, out of Lacey's yeah, shin, like which was calcium. Not. Yeah, calcium that wasn't thing. Mike. That was that was Lacey. But that's right. either way. Anyway, sorry to just to, to pull away from the uh, the thing. It's important to know it's like another familiar tool, but being used by wrinkly brown aliens instead. OK, it opens and closes. All right, now I'm going to ask you something very serious. Do you mm. feel that inside of you? Yeah. Nervous. Oh, I want to go home. Now, remember, Jack, you did go home, but now you are just exploring. You are safe now. Verbalize everything. You're doing just fine. Um, Looks like there's some different machine. They're sticking something up my nose. What position are you in? Um, I'm on my back now. Now, describe what they're putting up your nose. Just get in touch with how your body feels. It looks like a cable or wire from something. It's coming from a machine. Arms, it's above me. One of the smaller aliens is working it. The other's standing around me. Which side of your nose? My right. Between my eyes, kind of high up. Behind the eye, but more towards the center. This dude was just getting a COVID test. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the aliens were just testing him for COVID-19. Do you sense Melanie? Is she in the room with you? Um, I don't see her. I feel her, but she's not in the room. Okay. Now get in <laughs> touch with your body and your surroundings and tell me what is happening. Um, feels like the table's kind of straightening or I'm straightening up. We're no <laughs> where I'm no longer horizontal. Uh-oh. Uh, okay, now from that position, just take a look around the room and describe everything that's happening. Um, They're over by the wall with all the controls, about eight feet across. It looks like it goes all the way up the top of the ceiling. I see screens, but I don't know what I see on them. Looks like a lot of lights, strange colors and symbols. Just just focus on those symbols, and as you focus on them, they will become clearer. Just describe what they look like and describe them. Um, almost, um, hieroglyphics and just shapes and beats. <laughs> They're hard to see. Some of them are facing different angles. Some look like an x-ray, but different. Um, it looks three-dimensional and... and can't explain. Looks like it's some internal organ or something. I don't know. It's almost like a like a hologram style description. If it's three D, an internal organ though, like the shape. <laughs> Have you seen the next section? I mean, I've read all Come of this, on. so yes. Come it's, on, it's it's weird. I didn't. You know, I just I. You pick up on a vibe. You know, you pick up on a vibe. You follow it, and it takes Jesse you right. Jesse has the natural ability to just taste yeah. the water before even drinking it. Yeah. Uh. Now, once again, using all of your senses, getting in touch with your body, tell me what's happening. Just, just describe. Oh, um, feel like they're touching my groin. 
Who who is touching your groin? Um, the small aliens. I don't see the brown one anymore. They're like alongside of me. There's some machine or something being slipped over. Oh, it looks like a spoon type shape without the handle with a big tube coming from it, <laughs> the back of it. Yo, so yeah, there's the scoop again. I there it is again. There's the jerk off machine with the tube that just gets that seed right from the source. Do you do you feel any pain or discomfort? Um discomfort feels like something's being inserted. Feels uncomfortable, like um, it's just stuck in there. Ooh. Maybe sucking something out or doing something. Feels like I have to go to the bathroom. Just take a deep breath now. You're doing just fine, Jack. You're getting through this. Exploring now. Continue describing what's happening. Um, they're taking it off. It's going back into the machine. The arms of the machine, kind of like an octopus. Lots of arms with things hanging from them. Feels like I'm laying flat, lying flat again. Feels like I'm back on my in my bed. I see the brown one looking into my eyes now. I no longer have that thing on my head, just staring into my eyes. It's like he's trying to make me forget. How do you feel when you stare into his eyes? Um a lot of things. Um, kind of paralyzed. Also, kind of that he's communicating with me. And what is that communication? Not to worry. It'll all be over soon. Just like, you'll be okay. And it just seems familiar, his eyes. So you feel like you know him? I feel like I've seen him many times. Keep thinking when I was little, maybe that's where I remember when I was three, or I assume there's more. It's already there. You click away. Four. Remember being like in like a playpen? What? I remember him looking down at me. Others, too. The smaller and gray ones, I keep getting flashes. Melanie is coming back now. She's floating over the bed. She's kind of floating down into the bed now. Is Melanie asleep? Um, She's not moving. I think she's asleep. I'm starting to yell, trying to break free from his eyes. He's touching me between the eyes again with the black rod. I'm falling back on Melanie. She seems to come too, and I'm shaking, cold, sweaty, scared. And that's where the regression sort of ends at that point. Kind of can't get further in details. And uh, again, what's uh, this one, beyond the weird, weird sexual undertones that Jesse kind of picked up on well before we even got. I to know the point. we, I know we enhanced them a little, but I want to be honest. Like they're there in this text, like for sure. <laughs> I mean, it is the goof became reality by the end? Where he's like, they're putting stuff in my dick, dude. Like, I mean, it's sucking my own dick, dude. My God, <laughs> this machine's straight up sucking my dick. <laughs> but uh, beyond the fact and the inclusion of a wrinkly brown alien that it was sounds like was accompanied by your typical smaller grays, another very typical gray experience, that smooth ship, weird machinery, something slapped onto his groin, milked for what he's got and sent back home with a slap on the ass and a stamp. And that's it. Like Except nothing for brown K wrinkleman. Yeah, it's like not Who too knows much. Who the hell that is? <laughs> but that's that's like, uh, you know, along the lines of what else is kind of provided in Coronado. However, Mike Evans, the man who had the thing put in his ear, 
We talked a little bit about some of the experiences he had his childhood. And in those experiences, he does talk about a mantis shaped looking alien that was always out of like complete sight, more of a silhouette, seemed to be in charge of them. And when you go looking for these mantis type aliens, it's very hard to come by a lot of scenarios involving them, but there are a few, including Mike Evans. But I want to give you exactly what they believe mantis aliens are to be. We'll call this an addendum to the alien mythology that we laid bare in episode one. Somebody like on Reddit or something the other day or in a YouTube comment, maybe you showed it to me, I can't remember. Somebody was like, Mathis, if you want to talk about aliens, you never have to give us an excuse. You can just, it's... you don't have to come up with a contrived, long-winded reason to talk <laughs> about them. You can just do it anytime. No, You're I got to come friends. up with a reason. I needed a, I need a reason to talk about these things, You're okay? You're friends here. You can just, we just like you already. <laughs> oh, thank God, thank God. I'm finally accepted. Uh, don't go that. I want to go that far. I, wanna, <laughs> I can't say. speak for Jesse, but that's kind of his thing. <laughs> as far as like what we know about the mantis aliens is it kind of it's hodgepodge together from a few different encounters, because, again, the mantis aliens are not common. They're not one of the reptilians or the greys or the tall whites or the Nordics who show up a lot. I think they're just ugly, honestly. They're ugly and they, they don't want people to see them, you know? Yeah, which out. we'll actually talk about in a, in a little bit. You think that they're like worried about that? They're like, look, bro, yeah. you look bad. Like Send a gray, in the grace. If you're like looking at a fucking Zorak ass mantis man and you're looking at a little gray man who probably smokes weed, which one are you going to go send to talk to Melanie, right? <laughs> yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> I would send the gray, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think it's only because we accept that's like a chicken egg situation. Sure. We accept grays better because we've seen more portrayals of grays because they're the general shape of humans and they have machines that suck your dick. But like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right. That's, yeah, selling point. that's what I'm talking about. Uh, <laughs> I hate you. Know what mouth is? I don't like that <laughs> for you. I don't I don't like that. You like eyebrow raised at us and like he no wants, one can see no, this. he wants the machine for real yeah I, i'll take it dude that'll be a hell i mean i would love that experience i want to uh, tell you something these things do exist on earth in real life yeah but i don't want those i want the the alien ones where they're trying to breed a star child with my it's dna the, it's the yeah it's the taboo nature exactly of the alien. i might have a, to know i might have a child out there in space <laughs> who need, never knows his daddy they need like I need the to take bad dragon they need the bad dragon but for mathis <laughs> I'm going to, uh, okay, we got to move forward. All right. So, uh, in the, so the praying mantises, most in most abduction scenarios where they show up, they are always, they are more likely than not like an ominous looming being that's never really directly interacting with the person being abducted and more overwatching the events taking place. And a lot of the times they are with grays or other things, another weird Maybe the greys are, are 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 you know subservient or working amongst many to, different to species. a lot of different species. They might mostly be a, the greys. They might be a product, bro. or like, they could be by fucking, themselves. They could be an android. You know what I mean? They could be yeah. the what do you call them? The the Nexus Six. So <laughs> don't worry about that. Also, that's from so, a movie. Yeah. Okay. I have. I was like, I don't know. I don't know that <laughs> reference. So. Yeah. Uh, they are seen with the greys, they are seen on their own, and they are seen with another hybrid alien that we did not speak about and are very little known about, known as, and this is, this is it's going to sound rough, the tall blacks instead of the tall whites. The tall blacks are multi-jointed, like they have multiple joints along their arms, they're like nine feet tall. As long as they're uh, not they have, less than the other aliens. No, no, they're, they're considered um, another like potential human uh, hybrid species that were created by the insectoids specifically instead of 
another. And uh, we, we, but there's very little known on them because the only time that they've been seen have been in conjunction with a mantis abduction scenario. And those, uh, you know, again, those are rare as it is. So who are these supposed mantis beings, these insectoid-like creatures? And the answer is, well, we don't fully know. We do believe those who have been abducted, they come from the Draco system, which is, and they work hand in hand with the reptilians. And they are um, maybe both trying to take over Earth. Uh, they, in, they, uh, these insect beings appear within supposed mythologies throughout the world. Um, but whether that's, you know, actually able to be proven, I is find it hilarious that the insects would work with the lizards when on earth, they're mortal. Right. Enemies. Yeah. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so what do these guys look like? So by far the most striking aspect for mantis aliens is the mantis, exactly how they look. The carnivorous bipedal insect of its namesake. Am I picturing just literally a giant praying mantis, or is that just like pretty dead on? Like it's a little, it's a little different looking, but they kind. I'll uh, I'll send over an image when we get to that point. But they just look like mantises with like really long necks that then lead up to like a mantis-like head. Uh, it's bizarre. Zorak. I'm sorry. Who? Yeah, like Zorak. Yeah. It's literally just Zorak? Yeah. Zorak. Is that what this is? He's from Space Ghost Coast to Coast. It was a television oh, show. I, I used to see that a little bit as a kid. Yeah. Not too much. He's, oh, I used, I oh, used no, to see no. that. Exactly like Zorak. Yeah. Yes. 1,000% yeah. Zorak. Zorak. He's the like uh, it, it, evil it, villain refreshed guy. It. Who's his, who's yeah. his Ed, he's like his, uh, hey now. Yeah, he's like, yeah, yeah exactly. Yes. So, yes, yes. That's a great one. That's exactly it. Uh, they're reported to be six to seven feet tall with long, thin torsos. Their necks, arms, and hands have additional joints. Their heads are insect-like and triangular with large slanted eyes of deep brown to black. And most mantids, as people kind of call them, uh, are described as dark brown with other colors such as green and black have, that have also been encountered. And their bodies are composed of segmented exoskeletons. And some abductees have reported that the mantis seem to be coated in a weird, oily substance. Ew. They're often encountered wearing long robes in variety of colors, perhaps signifying rank or some sort of like government, perhaps. We don't know. So, yeah, they're seen in like long robes a lot of the time, as opposed to the greys who have those skin tight suits that are always on them. But why would mantis people wear robes? You, you, that's a fin phenomenal question, Jesse. There's a lot of out of all the questions that need to be asked. That is the most pressing one. Uh, I mean, I look. <laughs> I, Everything else I can understand, but robes make no sense if your whole thing is like, you know, you have to move your mantis man or lady. Yeah, fair enough. I mean, I, I maybe it's just maybe it's just what we perceive them to be wearing. Maybe it's like their way of hiding their body from us. It does. It does. Wild. It does wild me out that there is a like Earth reference for like every yeah. Yeah, single thing that there is. You're like. They wear robes. They look like praying mantises pretty much exactly. Uh, <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. And they're on the, all the rest of them are shaped like people. You know, I'm like, OK. Yeah. I mean, it's weird. It, 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 it is weird that they we have all of these, but it also could be that maybe, you know, I don't want to go down that road right now. We're not we're not going to talk about maybe that they're just evolved forms of praying that's, mantises. That's on what Earth, I'm you know say, what I mean? From another like, dimension, right? Like yeah, where, another dimension. Another instead time. of monkeys, it was mantises, right? Yeah, exactly. You yeah. never know. Or like Splatoon, where it was squids instead of monkeys. You yeah. Know? And now you're a squid kid. Have <laughs> you? OK. Have you seen that show? Uh, life after people or whatever it is. I think it was life after people I can't remember it was like no. yeah oh it, yeah, yeah. The fake it was like eventually thing? yeah yeah it's like eventually there's gonna be squids that are like on land and they like swing through the trees 
That'd be, yeah, um, yeah, maybe that's what happens is in this Mantis world, their prime enemy or octopi. When they find ink guns, it's over. It's over, yeah. It's they over. start inking all over the place. Um, Are there the stylish the stylish greens? Is that a type of alien? The stylish, I'm sorry, what? The stylish, the stylish greens? No, no stylish greens, unfortunately. Splatoon 3 available Zero. September 9th. Check it Soon. out. <laughs> <laughs> hashtag, hashtag, hashtag ad for Nintendo. Hashtag. Continuing with the, the mantid, uh, the way they communicate with humans is like most other alien species. It's tele, uh, telepathic. Telepathic messages and kind of just... By attaching something to their penis and sucking out their cum. <laughs> However, abductees have witnessed them engaging one another with their own auditory language and they it sounds like a series of clicks and, and hissed noises between the creatures. You know, like... A as you would imagine, a large insect might sound in a sci-fi movie and maybe even has sounded in a sci-fi movie in the past. As far as why we may not have seen them as often, it's because, well, maybe they have the ability to shapeshift. There is this common belief that the insectoid aliens may have, maybe either have shapeshifting abilities or the ability to control your, your mind and what you see and make them look like not what they actually are. Uh, some alien theorists actually believe that the transformation from human shape to praying mantis is strictly an illusion and more of a mind control skill to keep one calm. The insectoid aliens might project like a less intimidating form forward to stave off any panic uh, before revealing their true praying mantis form after that they, they have the human or the abductee in their uh, in their possession. Their ships as well have a bit of a different description than your typical gray ships, which are, you know, your smooth metallic interiors. The mantid ships have to seem to be kind of rigid and almost uh, like have, again, like an ooze or an oil that seems to be slick all of the walls, much like they, uh, people have seen the mantids themselves being covered in some sort of oozy like liquid. moisture? Uh, it might, it might be like a moisture thing. It might be that like it's like a hive type thing. Um, the fact that they keep themselves in a weird like oily state. I think, you, you know, Alex, I think a lot of people kind of look at it like that. Like it's a, a necessary need for their own habitat or moisture. Here's the it's thing. Weird, I do but, that too. You know, the same way. <laughs> you're doing that right now. You're consistently sweaty. Yeah. And always glistening in the California heat. Keeping me keeping me nice and slick. <laughs> Um, we actually have an encounter of one of these that's taken way back from the Taipei Times in 2012. I'm actually going to give you the article link itself, along with the photo of the thing that was seen that may be a mantis alien. While I read this encounter, this quick encounter, here's the link, gentlemen. Again, this is the Taipei Times uh, by uh, in, in, from December 27th, 2012. A local UFO association has released a photograph taken at a high mountain lake, which it says shows the image of a, quote, alien being. But skeptics say it may be a digitally edited or multiple exposure photo. The Taiwan Ufology Society, TUFOS, announced on Saturday that a photograph taken by a policeman at Jiaming Lake, located at an altitude of about 3,300 meters on the southern section of the central mountains in Taitung County, shows what appears to be a large alien creature with a transparent body and webbed hands walking in the distance. It also has that kind of like weird bulbous head that I think might be why they say it could be a mantid, because if you were to take this weird silhouetted picture, Maybe that's what you would uh what you would call it. Now, boys, what do you see looking at this picture? Well, okay, looking like at, how would you describe what you're seeing right now? Looking at the looking at the zoomed in pic, 
we got like you know those things that you squeeze and they like stick out their tongue and their ears shoot out and their eyes pop out yeah 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 yeah, yeah. that's like kind of what the heads got going on and then it's got like jar jar bink vibes going down to the bottom but there's like a big trunk on the body before that before you get from the head to the body and then towards the bottom it's like long arms long legs jar jar bink walking in the picture of it zoomed in okay right uh, so you see that i see like silver cowboy yeah that's also yeah like there's hey, definitely I love like that. yeah maybe it's just the outline of a distorted person who's wearing a cowboy hat like a like a dude in a full body silver suit yeah. with a cowboy hat on and but the silver suit has uh, instead of like gloves like little like wizard frills at the bottom yeah However, I mean, he's he's kind of like a rocker. He's like a '70s glam rocker. I I feel it. He's like a rhinestone cowboy. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I'm sending you an image of what the mantid supposedly look like up close, wearing the robes. By the way, uh, there's an artistic representation of it. So well, that's of pretty. Course, of course. Yeah. Like so I said, pretty, it's, you're pretty dead on explaining exactly what it looks like. Like that's I mean, the exactly, robe is silver. Yeah. yeah. Uh, like, I, all right. I will say this, however, which is that when you go down to the actual photo. There is no way that there is enough atmospheric occlusion on that figure at all. And the depth of field and like sharpness of the figure is just totally incorrect. Are you talking? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're talking about this this photo here. For the for the distance, especially for a fucking picture that was taken on an iPhone 4. Yeah, so I was gonna say, like this picture, just so you're aware, taken with an iPhone 4. And the big thing that kind of throws the picture in a doubt is these supposed like what you call like I guess double line or double exposure lines at the bottom of the photo. And as experts went through it, there's debate either whether those lines are caused from like a memory cache thing or if it actually is double exposed. We'll never know. Uh, but that's the closest actual photo that exists of a man a supposed mantid. If that's even what we're looking at in the first place, like yeah. to give you an idea of how hard it is to even come across. Uh, I can see stories. why people would say this was was fake. Yeah. If this was, yes. if this oh, was taken, it, it doesn't. If this was taken on a camera with a lens, I would be like, "This is absolutely fake." There's no doubt in my mind. If this was taken on like a DSLR or something like that, no way. Uh, however. The fact that it's an iPhone, the way that it processes images, you know, there's a lot of things that it could be. I've taken pictures with my iPhone that look weird, of especially landscapes, which is what iPhones are. Just the very opposite of what an iPhone is made for is taking a giant landscape photo. But the, pr the, the problem with the photo, though, is that the landscape itself is fine. But if you were to use math to math out the distance from where the photo was shot to the mountains in the background to the guy walking across. He looks 80 feet tall. That dude would be a giant. Yeah. He would be massive. He looks he looks pretty tall. But that's the thing. He could be tall for sure. But not but like that is 12 feet tall. Yeah, but I mean that, that that's probably is, taller than 12 feet tall, but that's what I'm saying like maybe this thing is that tall. Sure, but it is just visible enough that if you close up you can see some things. I don't know. It seems it seems pretty faked. Besides the perspective, which I'll give to the fact that it's a giant mantis in robes sure. of silver. <laughs> yeah, sure. You know, the the thing that's just wrong with it for me is there's like just looking at it with a naked eye on my 27 inch monitor from a foot away, I can see that there's not enough occlusion on that. Yeah, and like the depth of field is completely wrong. It's just yeah. like way too sharp compared to like just look at the horizon line. 
Like look at the like the where the landscape ends and how fuzzy that line is. Yep. And compare that to just how fucking sharp you can see the figure. You can see his two legs. That's crazy. No way. Yeah. It's very it's a very weird and clearly there's something wrong with the photo as as Alex yeah. is kind of pointing out. Yeah. I would be, I would buy that that's an iPhone problem though. Like that's the other thing. I, it doesn't look necessarily like somebody photoshopped this. Listen, if you're new to listening to us or you've been listening to us for a while, then I feel like I know you, you know, a little bit on a, on a personal level. You like all the, the weird stuff like, like we do. Well, if that's true, which I kind of hope it is, if you're listening to us, then I've got another show suggestion for you. We've been partnered with Audio Boom Studios for a while now, and they have a podcast coming out with Cheryl Hull and Nikki Druce. These two are on a nonstop tour of the weirdest stuff in our universe. You can listen to them talking about crazy true crime cases and history, weird spooky paranormal activities, and all the bonkers mythology over on the internet, and obviously some convincing cults. You just gotta trust me, it's a wild ride. The show is hosted by spooky expert Nikki Druce and RuPaul's Drag Race alumni Cheryl Hole. Nikki will be taking Cheryl on a journey to the strangest corners of the world, most notorious true crime cases in history, as well as looking at some famous and not-so-famous hauntings all out there in the world. Online mythology, creepypastas, you name it. They're covering it, and their podcast is out right now. New episodes are released every week on Thursday. All you need to do is be searching for the show Killers, Cults, and Queens to follow and never miss an episode. It's out right now and a new episode every Thursday. That's Killers, Cults, and Queens with Nikki and Cheryl. It's such a fun show, guys. I promise it's on my regular rotation. I just love this kind of stuff and I can never get enough of it. From stories like the pizza bomber plot to Slender Man stabbings all the way to Area 51 and stories of the Twilight Killers, these ladies cover it all. That's Killers, Cults, and Queens over on your favorite podcasting app. And you can follow them over on Instagram.com slash Cheryl Hole Queen or Instagram.com slash Macabre London Podcast. Or you can just go to Instagram.com slash Killers, Cults, and Queens. And thanks again to Killers, Cults, and Queens for letting me in on how freaking cool your show is. I Yeah, I I agree with you, though I will also go forward saying I am not an expert and might not be able to tell very easily as opposed to some others. Out I've there. done some pretty high-level graphic design work for some That's pretty high-level brands. I, I'm not an expert. I don't usually do the brunt of the Photoshop work, you know, yeah. or whatever. But it to me, just naked eye, somebody who does a lot of image processing and stuff, Yep. That is, that looks a little suspect. The Mantids themselves, when it comes to what their motivations might be on Earth, most believe that it's some sort of nefarious purpose, like working themselves into our government or taking over the Earth themselves. Um, they believe that many abduction scenarios with these guys are centered around the use of holographic proje projections as also a means of trying to educate, apparently. Uh, so abductees often report mantids being shown, showing them holographic images of the destruction of planet Earth to illustrate the possible negative impact that our species could have upon the planet. But that also could be them trying to like kind of make us seem like they, they're the ones that could like rescue us. They're the only answer that could stop us so we could become subservient to them. Uh, a common abduction scenario regarding mantises, much like others, is that mantids are often accompanied by small gray aliens who seem to do their bidding. These small greys are assumed to be drones for them, controlled by a hive mind or utilized by a variety of alien yeah. races, which is what we're seeing, that these greys may not be acting on their own. They're just a 
Maybe they're just bought. Maybe they're like a space, a space like, Super good you know. Roombas. Yeah, real good Yeah, they're Roombas. like amazing Roombas that you can just buy in bulk and send them out to do the bulk of your work. These fucking and, mantis guys in their robes have like their fucking iPhone and they're like, no, fucking scoop. Fucking scoop it. What are you doing? Some believe, however, that when they return from their experiences with the mantids, they have like a much darker point of view, stating that the mantids wish to conquer and control Earth rather than aid in human ascension. Some believe that mantid hybridization program is actually currently taking place using human DNA to create a new species. So much like the greys and uh, and others, we got these mixed scenarios where some mantids seem to be trying to give us, like any other alien species, a heads up. Stop acting like this. Your planet's going to be destroyed. You're going to destroy yourselves, this, that, and the other. And then others are like, no, they scooped me for, for eggs. And there's like, I think they're trying to take over the Earth, this, that, and the other. Um, and it's those that believe that there's another hybridization program are the ones that uh, I ran into what they, they call the tall blacks. Experiencers describe these beings as incredibly tall and more humanoid than insectoid with black skin, extremely long limbs, all with extra joints across their appendages. And these abduction scenarios are very similar to those involving the mantid aliens and seem to evolve around uh, the medical experiments being done. Uh, the most chilling feature of the tall blacks by many abductees has said they have a glowing red eyes. So they're just like a piercing, a glowing red. But that's really, that's the only time this other species has been seen. It's in conjunction with the mantids. And uh, that's kind of like where, what we know of mantids at this point, um, if they're even a thing to begin with. But it does nicely lead into the man who fucks aliens and paints pictures about them. A man who is 74, maybe 75 year old. Oh no, he's definitely 78 now at this point. Uh, a man by the name of David Huggins. Now David Huggins is one of my favorite UFO topics out there. He's such a wild, like interesting. Uh, don't spoil, Jesse, do not spoil yourself on some of these paintings. I want you to, I, I need your raw reaction of this man's art history when I start showing them to no, you. No, that reaction was me hurting my knuckle for some reason, oh, not God. me being outraged by erotica trust me i would have been like <laughs> my look at that what a no ow david huggins who's now 78 claims that he first encountered aliens at the age of eight years old that he lost his virginity to a female extraterrestrial named crescent when he turned 17 named crescent, crescent? yes sir crescent <laughs> yes he she, she's at least in the he english says, word crescent yes exactly spelt like crescent like a crescent moon or a crescent piece of food from Pillsbury. You okay. know what I mean? The crescent yeah, rolls. Right. Yeah, okay. Spelled crescent, like the English crescent. C-R-E-S-C-E-N-T. Right. In English words. In English words. And letters. Maybe that's just the way it translates. I couldn't tell you. This is just what I'm, I'm telling you what he, at 17, crescent took his virginity. All right. He lost his virginity okay. to an alien. He also claims that among his many abductions, because they abduct him Often, he has fathered a clan of hybrid alien human babies, and these otherworldly beings have given him permission to paint everything. He, before he went off and created these paintings, he did ask for permission, and they did, did allow him to do so. Um, this man's story, while listening to, uh, like, came out more in 2011, I believe, it was the first time this man really kind of came forward and had a big interview about it. Um, but the things that he's done and the things that he's seen are fascinating because on top of, you know, the the lady alien, he's also seen greys. He's also been abducted 
with mantises around. Mantids have been involved in his scenarios and he painted them. He eventually went on to write the book Love and Saucers. So I would I would advise checking it out if you want his own his own book. Love and Saucers, man. What and there's also a documentary out there that talks about Huggins' story now that came out in 2018, which is a kind of portrait of this man on a, we'll call it a more, it's a less scientific view and more of an emotional artistic view on what this man has gone through. You know what I mean? There's not a whole lot of trying to debunk going on. Uh, he's made about 150 paintings in total. All of them take up a ton of his time. This is basically what he does full time at this point. And uh, he uses it as a way to introduce the, the various aliens that he's encountered to through his life to other people. Um, from the praying mantids, insect beings, to the big eyed grays, and to the little hairy guys with glowing eyes. Uh, the paintings are almost like film steals, he calls them. A quote, after watching so many movies, uh, he thinks of them cinematically, a filmmaker said. Maybe not even consciously, but each of his paintings is like a little scene from a movie that you can imagine playing out. And now I'm going to send you a, the very first picture. This I've been I'm so excited. This is one of his paintings, not his first painting, but one of his paintings. And this is of Crescent, the woman he lost his virginity Crescent. to that he had seen many times. Um, and this. you may describe, I mean, what it's pretty straightforward like? what you're about to see. Uh, there you are. <laughs> no, no, no. And that's David Higgins right by that, fo that photo. He's like, fuck yeah. This is exactly what Crescent looked like. Yep. <laughs> All right. Crescent is just a woman with an alien mask on. Like an absolute, <laughs> just a human woman. And then for some reason, an alien mask and then long hair. Very, very muscular and has like, and has like his cup in her tits. <laughs> yeah. She's like. Way. How you like these things? Yeah, but not even—it's not even like a sexual cup. It's kind of like more like I got these two right here. This guy—I want to be honest. This guy looks like he went through like a long phase of people making fun of him for him saying that he had sex with an alien, and then they were like, "What did it look like?" And he was like, "This." <laughs> yeah, I mean, literally, yeah. He was just like, he's like, he's like yeah, look at like, yeah, she looks like a regular human woman. What were you expecting? Like the description of this is a like naked, full, like white ass flesh human woman. But then her neck goes up into an alien head. Like a but green that alien head has long black hair. Yeah. With like a widow's peak. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like a wide widow. We call that. Well, I'd call that. Um, well, it's funny you bring up the hair because uh, David does go on to say uh, through his interviews and stuff that the hair is always a wig. Um, and he, he what that it's wearing a wig. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, they, and actually, one of the interviews, they ask him, like, hey, you talk about the hair on these female hybrids as being a wig. What is it about the hair that seems so weird? And he says, it's very unkempt. I remember one time one of the females was walking past me and the hair was not on right. She took it off and I was taken aback by that. And so I said, quote, should I shave my head to let her know I was OK with it? <laughs> so like, yeah, it's just like weird. He's open the whole thing. He's like, look, you want me to shave my head, too? It's it's fine. My question is, we have we have bald people my, on Earth. My thing about this is we know about evolution. We all can agree pretty like if you like this type of UFO lore, you it's kind of predicated on the concept of evolution in a way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So we're all agreed. So what planet can you be from that you evolve 
exactly the body of a human, like <laughs> a hairless ape body, uh, with like a working vagina allegedly that you can breed with, <laughs> sire children out of. That's like compatibility. You know what I mean? I, I mean, yeah, it's like a good ligers question. don't make it usually. You know what I mean? Like, like, <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Uh, well, I mean, like you gotta be in, point. you gotta be close for it to work, right? So yeah, what I mean, planet? So what planet are you on where you have you, that mean, again, body and then you get like, like Gleep Glorp's head? <laughs> like, what is the environment like? I don't know, man. Maybe they're future humans. You know what I mean? Is it, ex Alex? Is it exactly like Earth, five feet up off the ground, and then above that, I, I it's fucking know. insane? I don't know, Alex. man. I sent you another you picture. This, you gotta look at this second photo. Holy so shit. So this is yeah. one of the scenarios where he's being abducted while he's in bed. Um, where <laughs> there's the taller woman-like alien. To, you know what? Fuck the it. Best, you guys the best explain. way to describe this is it's an over-the-shoulder, like you're playing like a Resident Evil game. It's like over-the-shoulder, laying in bed, and then coming in a circle, like a circle, either a window or just a beam of it's light. It's a light. It's a light. It's supposed to be a light. Yeah. Are is this is this woman with the fake hair and a robe on? Flanked, and next to her two, are like two goons, two, two Mike Myers, two Michael Myers from Halloween, but instead of but like little, little, little kids, little kids like, dressed as Mike yeah, Myers, little, two little mini Mike Myers, like like the other like. Like what you know? You know how Mini Me is like a Mini Michael Myers because he's Doctor Evil. This is like a Mini Mike Myers from Halloween. <laughs> but there's two of them. Yeah. And then directly in the corner <laughs> is like ET <laughs> looking at this all go down. You know what it is? It's exactly the fucking alien from Star Wars in the canteen. Oh yes, the guy's like. It's like, like lifts his head there's up. There's like yes. a scene. There's like one shot in that cantina scene. And what are they, Athorians? Whatever they're called for my Star no, Wars this nerds. Is, this is a different alien. This is not one of the famous ones. This is like a bug. That, that is his face. It looks like that. Oh, yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. He's like not this, one it, of the famous ones, but he's in there. <laughs> it is like the start of a really weird porn. Yeah. Like there is a creepy dude in the corner watching the whole thing. And like, like two little guys are, who are definitely going to help. They're going to help. I'm going to give you, well, if I can find this one painting I'm looking for specifically. It could be a, it could be a Chili Peppers vid. <laughs> No, they don't have socks on their dong, unfortunately. So I'm giving you an, another, I gave you another image of what, of, of an implant. He receives implants. So it goes up his nose. You're seeing the woman alien with the wig Whoa. tilting his head back and it's blood coming out of his nose as like he paints it. And he says he doesn't fully remember a lot of images or a lot of these moments until he's painting one that he already remembered. And usually the paintings will trigger another memory that he has of these beings. Um, and this is the last one I'm going to show you. It's just so weird because even in this one where, so the one that you're showing us right now. This is the image of him losing his virginity in the woods with Crescent. There's, there's the, the image of the up the nose thing. Yeah. There where, again, it is Crescent with the black wig and like, I guess, friend, some guy holding <laughs> Little him. gray man. Yeah. Yeah. And they're both wearing like very royal blue robes. And what's even crazier is in this image, like he makes no mistake about it. The dude behind her is like a gray with gray skin all over. But she, again, has some like just white dude skin mm -hmm. and then an alien face. It's very bizarre. It is very strange. Um, First of all, I also got to talk about the fact that this alien behind him is like framed like his own inner demons are like <laughs> <laughs> just over his shoulder. 
Uh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the other thing is, like, what if the whole human-like face situation is a costume? Like, what if what well, if, what if they just don't look right to us, and so they have to have these like weird human faces on? Yeah, yeah. that could check. I mean, that that'd be super fun if they were just like so awful to to us, like cosmic horror vibes. Yeah, that they wore alien masks because that's the closest they could get to like this is human. Yeah, yeah. There's one more picture I want to give you because it'll it'll matter. Also, we for... skipped over the fact that the the second picture you showed us is literally oh okay this so girl yeah riding the shit out of this man in the middle that's, of the forest. That's the image Just that he painted. Riding his junk. <laughs> that's him at 17 years old losing his virginity in the woods to Celeste. No crescent. So, huh? What? Here's the thing. I don't crescent. know how he remembers it, but crescent. Sorry, sorry. I don't know why I said Celeste. <laughs> I don't know how he remembers this, but he looks like he is like yeah. <laughs> she looks uh, like she fucked him so hard she broke his arm in half is what it looks like <laughs> yes does. it really does you know what, really you know really what King like. Kong did to the dinosaur's mouth when he ripped it backwards like that that's what she did to his elbow bro <laughs> yep um, <laughs> the last image I'm giving you is him next to a really tall strange who he calls like a man alien type thing he doesn't know what race it belongs to or species it belongs to you can, can just see it looks like it's like a tube coming out of the top of its head yeah. he's <laughs> looking at earth from where he's at um, but this took place when he was a child this one uh, he just has and, a snorkel coming out the top of his head. Yeah, it looks like in the back of his head he has like a snorkel coming out the back of it. It's very bizarre. That's the guy from the Trade Federation, yo. And um, he has encountered all of these aliens all kind of to working together as part of the same group since he was very, very little. And he talks about, you know, again, what triggers the memories, which is him usually painting. Um, but when it all started, and this is, this is the part to note is like, okay, are we dealing with somebody who he says he's still... still kind of comes in contact with the aliens to this day at 70 whatever years old. But here's how it started. And it makes you wonder, is this part trauma that the brain is covering up uh, in a weird, bizarre way? He says, as a kid, I would see one of these beings at, and I would run to the house to my mom and dad and say, hey, mom and dad, there's something out at the barn and something behind the house. And they would say, quit making up things. There is nothing out there. And one time I did it and it was too much. And my parents gave me a good whipping. The next day, I remember uh, the next day I went behind the house and there was the woman crescent with a few grays and one insect being. And I remember telling the, uh, the woman, my mama and daddy don't believe me that I see you. And I got a whipping. As soon as I said that, I knew crescent didn't like that. She looked at me and said, then don't tell them. After that, I never said a word. So, you know, there's 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 a lot in that scenario that could be childhood trauma, abuse maybe happening with somebody that a stranger or what have you and the parents just don't believe. Who knows? Um, but he does say they continued to stay in contact with them all the way up until today. He even says that these beings have helped him in a lot of ways, saving his life a couple of times. There was an incident with a snake under the, ho under the tool shed and there was another incident where he nearly drowned and he's looking at this person while I'm drowning and I hear this voice, let me live. And just as they say that, my toe catches hold of a root and I'm able to pull myself to shore. He says that the aliens and, and were able to were, were the ones that made that happen. Um, they say uh, he continues to say that the grays, there are the grays, then there's crescent, then there is the guy, very tall and angular, which is the picture of the man with the snorkel coming out of, of the back of his head, uh, with the, uh, which he says is actually a bun. Um, and he, he has red eyes and communicates with the insect beings, the mantids that also travel along with them. And they, and he, at the time of uh, at the time of this like article coming out, 
He was in, in contact with them as recently as a month ago. He says he doesn't feel violated. It was always up to him. There was a hairy little guy one time that came to his room and asked, David, can we use your body? And he simply said, yes, you can use it as much as you like. He seemed very happy with his response and left the room and kind of vanished. So the aliens came and asked for permission if they could use his body. And the man is just totally, totally, he's like in. He's, he's down. 100% in. Yeah, and he says it's oh, completely he's a real free will. About it. Yeah. He's a re like, this is what I'm saying. This is my ideal scenario right here. Yeah. I would swap places with this man if this is actually well, maybe happening. Maybe you got to get um, painting. Maybe you got to start painting, man. And, and yeah, I remember I said that this guy, maybe that's what I need to do. Uh, this guy said he had like a whole flock of children. Well, he, at one point, somebody actually asked him, like, how many do you have? And he says, well, one of the scenarios where he was taken, he was taken into a room and it was filled with babies. And I had to touch every single one. The human touch was really important. The first time I touched one of the babies, static electricity jumped from my hand to the baby. This was what? right before I touched it and I pulled back and said to the insect being who had brought them, wow, did you see that? So I reached over and touched the baby. I, I woke up the next morning spent, totally exhausted and slept all day. But that night, the insect-like being insect -like being takes me to this door. We're in front of this doorway and there's this brilliant light. It was like uh, it was pushing me, uh, pushing its way out of the doorway. It had form. The insect-like being said I had to go inside the room with light. So I go inside and it was just incredible. The light was passing right through me. I was there for a few minutes. And the next morning when I woke up, I had incredible energy and really felt energized for weeks afterwards. So they like took him up and made him zap a bunch of his children. And he was so tired that the insectoids like, let's recharge it, bro. And brought him to like a recharge light. And he felt really, really good for it. When asked like, well, what are your offspring being used for? He simply said, I have no idea. I wouldn't get too emotionally attached to the concept of those children if I had them in the scenario that he had them. Uh, yeah, well, the, I guess, yeah, like, I, don't, I wonder, like, so what's interesting about that particular note where he's being brought into touch all these different kids, a lot of other abductees, the only ones I can think of really are the women abductees where they are taking eggs from them and they're being used for hybrid programs. They are brought back every so often to interact with their child, to, you know, feed them and play with them and do all of these things. And they aren't told why only that it's very important the grays or whoever are like it's very important you interact with them and they believe it's like has to do with emotion something that the grays don't have the ability to connect with these things on a level that that they need and to help them be closer to human so that maybe when they're adults they can kind of slip into our society a little easier because they typically look a lot more human than they do gray um you jesse do you have a, you look you're i watched you go from inquisitive to uh, pacified and all through that. I just it, it it's an interesting little tidbit for the lore of this mythos that for some reason the star children must have some connection to their human side, mm -hmm. but it's not like the history of humanity or like the connect. It's biological. It's like oh yeah, it's yeah. Like you hug them. All right, good. You hug them once. Moving on, which is like a weird. Thing. Or, or it's the only time he can remember because a lot of their memories are usually fucking wiped and they don't remember that. But even then, it, it's like, you know, we want them to have emotions, which we don't have. And by doing so, you're going to hug them, but also you're going to leave them like you're, we're going to make you hug them and then leave them for like 20 years. And then you hug them again once. And now they're going to leave. It's like a very strange, like addition to the story. Yeah, it is very, very weird. Um. Beyond the 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 
artistic works that Huggins has created. Uh, obviously, we in what his interviews, we don't have, we don't know much more. Um, however, you might be left with the question, what does an alien vagina feel like? And well, luckily, mm -hmm. David Huggins can let you know. He says all he can really say is that there was a uh, that there was much warmth. You got to remember your senses are subdued when you're with them. I don't like the, this. the intense orgasm you would normally feel is toned down. And so he goes on to say that they actually sedate you. He they they sedate you for this whole experience because they don't want you flipping out. Um, and when asked if if this alien had a menstrual cycle, he said he didn't know. Uh, and that's kind of like the story of David Huggins. Not a full episode's worth, but there's David Huggins. He's banging some weird. That sounds like that alien. sounds like some bags of sand type stuff, though. Yes, yes. <laughs> like, but I don't get that it's reference. It's from the movie Forty Year Old Virgin, where he's pretending like he's. Oh, I have seen that. Okay, a card game. Yes. Okay. Now I know you're talking. Yeah. So, right. right. Yeah. Like yeah. he's like, yo, like it's weird. Like I know it's really warm down there, but they do this thing where they like make you not be able to notice how it is down there for real. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's very weird. Um, I don't know, man. It's bizarre. Uh, and the next two that we're going to talk about are equally as bizarre. This next one's going to be a little quicker. Uh, there's another man who was abducted for similar reasons um, back in the 50s by the name of Antonio Villas Bonas. Now, Antonio Villas Bonas was, we'll just call him Antonio at this point, a 23-year-old Brazilian farmer who worked just kind of at night to avoid hot days. And in October of 1957, as he was working uh, his field out in Sao Francisco de Sales, uh, he saw what he would describe as a red star in the night sky. According to his story, this star approached his position, growing in size until it became recognizable as a roughly circular or egg-shaped aerial craft with a red light at its front and a rotating cupola on the top. And if you don't know what a cupola is, I can, it's like, you, you know, the classic, like a uh, Roswell UFO where it has like a top hat on top of the UFO. Okay. It's like that. And it rotates uh, across it. Um, the craft then began to descend into his field, extending three landing legs as it did so, which at that point, Boas decided to run from the scene. He took off. According to Boas, he first attempted to leave the scene on his tractor, but when its lights and engine died, after traveling only a short distance, he got out and ran on foot. However, he was seized by about a five-foot-tall humanoid who was wearing gray coveralls and a helmet. Its eyes were small and blue, and instead of speech, it made noises like barks or yelps. So this five-foot-tall, blue-eyed humanoid was like, <laughs> as he was grabbing him um, out of his field. Then three similar beings joined in and began subduing Boas violently, dragging him back to their craft as he was trying to get away. So he's got these four, four aliens dragging him back. Once he was inside their craft, Boas said that he was stripped of his clothes, covered head to toe in a weird gel, and then was led into a strange semicircular room through a doorway that had weird red symbols written all over it. He said he tried, uh, he claimed rather that he was able to memorize these symbols and did reproduce them for investigators uh, in this room. What is he playing an escape room? <laughs> I know, right? It's here in this room where the beings began taking samples of his blood from his chin. After this, he was taken to a third room and left alone for around half from an his hour. Chin? Yeah, they got blood from his chin for some his reason. Chin. I yeah, weird. There was something when about he was that taking in some, one of the stories that I told one time that like somewhere in your face is like 
yeah your central like cpu type stuff the, i don't know the chin is such like a terrible place to get blood yeah it's very it doesn't make any sense like many of these scenarios the chin the chin <laughs> the chin um after after they took blood from his chin they took him to another third room and it was left alone for about 30 minutes where during this time the room was pumped with a weird gas which made boas violently vomiting uh the whole time they just gassed the shit out of him with something but after that gassing stopped the door opened and boas was claimed by another humanoid this one however was very obviously female very attractive and ass naked. She was about the same height as the other being, so about five feet, with a small chin, a small pointed chin, large blue cat-like eyes, and the, and the hair on her bloodhound dog. <laughs> and the hair on her head was long and white, and he kind of calls it like a platinum blonde. But her underarm and pubic hair were bright red. So the hair either maybe like was red, like Ronald McDonald or like, like ginger he says hair. bright red. And so I would imagine like a bright ginger red. Like I would imagine like a like natural kind of like color. That. Yeah, I, that's what I'm imagining. Uh -huh. um, whatever that smoke did to him, he said at that point, he was insanely horny and insanely attracted to this woman. And they fucked during this whole time. Uh, they he notes that the female did not kiss him but instead would nip him on the chin. Again, another weird chin thing. They took blood from his chin, and now as they're banging, she's like biting at his chin, which is bizarre. And when it was all done, the female simply smiled. They didn't speak. She didn't say a single word. She After he was good and empty, she, she got up, smiled, rubbed her belly while gesturing to her stomach and gesturing upward toward the sky. Anyway, Boas I'm took, uh, hungry, so I'm gonna go back to my apartment. <laughs> yeah, Boas said he kind of like took this to mean that he was going to that she was going to go have their baby and raise it in space. Uh, the, the female what? seemed relieved at that. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, because, OK, <laughs> dude, imagine this weird like alien girl doesn't say a word, rides the hell out of you, just like drains you, gets up and like rubs her belly and points to the sky and then just leaves. How would you take that? What would you imagine that that was like? Like. I would think I, I don't was know how you would dreaming. take that. I would think I was I was asleep. I would think I was not conscious. Okay, but then you realize you're not. How All right, this I is really? happening to you. How would you? What would your reaction be? I'd probably start crying. Fair point. I would be so excited. Jesse crying. is lost. <laughs> I just it's so crazy to me that she was like, "Good and filled up. See you later. Peace." <laughs> like just the, wild. That's a little the little story editions again. Everything kind of falls back on Alex's 40-year-old virgin hypothesis. Like, a lot of just, like, and then once we had done it, she said, I am pregnant and moved on. The, and I'm like, what? Oh, God. Uh, Boas, well, did say, uh, he did go on to say that the female being seemed relieved after the task was over. And him, uh, Boas himself said he felt angered afterward. Like, after he was done, he was pissed off. Because he felt as though he had been little more than a good stallion, quote unquote, for these beings. <laughs> like that's he was like, they used me. He was offended because it wasn't. Yeah, he was offended because he got used. And I'm like, bro, that's aliens. Just fuck the hell out of you. The emotions that I would be feeling would be so far away from like anything grounded in reality. I would be like doubting my sanity. I would be so far beyond like they used me. 
I don't know. That I well, yeah, but that's what he, he was just like, I've been used. Offended. I would be I don't know how I would feel. I'd probably feel scared, but also excited. You know what I mean? Like it happened. Finally. I'd be I would and, be shattered. I would be like a different human being. I would my entire <laughs> perception of reality would be destroyed. I love that he considered himself like a good stallion for the human the human species. Um but moving forward from that, he realized how crazy his story would probably feel. Uh, and so when he got his clothes back and he was take he would actually, which happens a lot uh, with abductees, he was taken on a tour of the ship by these weird little five foot tall humanoids. And Boas, like I think something Jesse would do, attempted to snag what looked like a clock-like device as proof of his encounter. But sure. as he was on his way out, he was caught by them and they prevented him from taking it. And he was then escorted off the ship and watched as it took off, glowing bright red. And when he returned home, he discovered that four hours had passed. Later on, it never happened again. Uh, he would eventually go on to become a lawyer, married, had four children, and died in January 17th of 1991, and would stick to his story till his the very last day. Never, never giving like saying it was a hoax and whatnot. Very weird. Very, very weird. That is fucking nuts. As far as physical evidence, there was an investigation. Uh, he claimed that he suffered from nausea and weakness, as well as headaches and lesions on the skin, which appeared without any kind of light, uh, with any kind of light bruising. Eventually, he contacted a, a journalist who had an ad placed in the newspaper looking for people who had experience with UFOs. And that's kind of how his story came out, is that people were looking for UFO stories in the newspaper. Um, and it's it's weird uh, because among his symptoms were pains throughout the body, all the stuff that I said to you before, and there was small reddish nodules harder than the skin around them and protuberant, painful when touched, each with a small uh, central orifice yielding a yellowish thin, uh, a yellowish skin waterish discharge. The skin surrounding the wounds presented a quote, a hypochromatic violet tinged area. Um, so we did have like a kind of like Barney with his like issues afterward. He got sick. He had weird things appear on his skin, um, but he never saw them again. Other than that one time that they yanked him up and bred him like a prized stallion. So uh, we've only got one more to go through and it's going to be another love story. This one is with a woman by the name of Elizabeth Clare who you may have actually heard the story before if you're in the UFO world. It's very, very bizarre. She's, uh, the story itself is extremely bizarre. Um, and there is, uh, well, we'll just go through it. The, much like Huggins, Elizabeth, Elizabeth Clare's story involves having sex with an alien. But unlike the Huggins, it wasn't, or yeah, and much like Huggins, it was a very intimate encounter and multi-part encounter. Uh, for Claire, she was born in 1910 to a wealthy family and grew up fascinated by apparently Zulu folklore that were told to her by her family's native African workers. So, you know, nice layer of racism over her childhood, uh, growing up in, in a time where people were using other people as um, native quote unquote workers, AKA probably in, in slavery of some sort or indentured servitude. However, in the mid 1950s, Claire spotted more UFOs and reported that she was suddenly in telepathic contact with a alien pilot by the name of Akon. And no, not the artist. Akon and his co-pilot, both of whom were astrophysicists, eventually let Claire board their spaceship. 
They told her that they came from the planet of Meton, M-E-T-O-N, a planet in the galaxy of Alpha Centauri. Claire became friends with these aliens and they continued making regular visits with her over the years. After a time, Claire felt a great attraction toward Captain Akon, and doubtlessly unable to resist the opportunity of kinky intergalactic space sex with an attractive extraterrestrial species, took him as a lover and became pregnant. Akon then took her to live on Maton, where she gave birth to a hybrid son. The couple named him Ailing. Now, you might be wondering, wait, what? what does Ailing wait, wait, look like? Wait, wait, okay. I thought you said they named him Alien. No, Ailing. A-Y-L-I-N-G. Ailin. <laughs> I thought you said Elon. No, also <laughs> hilarious. Maybe we've, we've stumbled across it. Um, here's a picture of Akon, the captain that she fell in love with. Uh, if it's just Kirk, I'm going to lose my damn mind. <laughs> Zap Brannigan? I mean, it is pretty close to separating. <laughs> separating Very dude. separating it. Whoa. Uh, He's got the Star of David? Yes, which is very strange. Um, again, a reminder that alien things can quickly devolve into anti-Semitism if you're not careful and uh, move into the weird world of cult stuff. Here is a picture that she also took of the supposed UFO. A picture? Yeah, from, a from picture above? of a UFO taken by... Claire in 1955. Mm. <laughs> I know. I know. I know there's going to be someone out there who's like, Jesse, stop poo-pooing on everything Mathis says, but this sucks. This photo is ass. <laughs> this photo is like someone digitally put in. It's not even like a good this digital This is from 1955, image. Jesse. Yeah, no, it definitely looks fake. <laughs> it just looks like it's from above, which is weird. So again, um, she is abducted, you know, in, in contact with these guys falls in love with Akon and Akon eventually like falls in love with her. He, they have sex, she gets pregnant. And instead of living out the pregnancy on earth and going through it on earth, she is taken to Meton and, and is, has the child there who they name Ailing. According to Claire, Meton was a utopia free of crime, greed, and poverty. The inhabitants of Meton looked just like humans, but they were kinder, taller, and much better looking. Metonians could live for thousands of years and were even able to reincarnate after they died. They dressed in this beautiful silk clothing and ate only natural food. They didn't care for sports, but loved art and music. They never married or divorced and had large families. And the Metonians adored children and were fond of keeping pet birds, in case you were curious. There was no need for schools or books because communication and learning were all done through telepathy. Technology and spirituality, the Metonians were thousands of years ahead of Earthlings. As much as she liked Meton, Claire had difficulty living there because of the atmosphere, so she went back to Earth after four months. Yes, she got pregnant, had the baby, and left all within four how months. Detail, how, how detailed is this account? Uh, it's pretty detailed. There's a book you can read called Beyond the Light Barrier. It's the autobiography of this woman. Um, it is... According to the cover, uh, a romance story of the, it's so tiny, it's so hard to see, encounter between a South African woman and a man from Meton, a planet of something. I hope that a large portion of that book takes place on Meton because I would love to know what that's like yeah. in great detail. It's a, it's a weird, it's a weird situation, obviously, um, because after that, she continues to say that she is in contact with Akon. However, uh, and she sees her child occasionally, um, but for the Akon most part, she doesn't Meton. go back. I know, <laughs> an ailing as their child. Keep that in mind. 
Um, it's it's her story is fucking weird. It's just because the the big problem with her story is that there are no other encounters like that this among many other abductees. The problem um, with, their and, with her encounter is that there is no name in the English language closer to alien than whatever the fuck she named your kid. Ailing. <laughs> yeah, she occasionally receives receives visits from her space, you know, hookup and her son, the latter of whom followed in his father's cosmic footsteps and became an astrophysicist on Meton as well. Star-Lord. So this book, exactly, the, our very own Star-Lord. Um, so you can actually go ahead and her, her book is out there. It's called Beyond the Light Barrier. It was published in 1980. Um, and th th there were some, uh, there were only some family members to only some of her family members were backing a story and there were no documentation of her alleged pre pregnancy whatsoever. She has no evidence physically that she was ever pregnant, but she consisted, uh, insisted that it was all true up until she died in 1994. Um, it's a very, very, and again, that's just a kind of a very strange sexual encounter that this one had a more romance kind of tinge to it. But at the same time, it's, you know, it's hard. She tried to publish a book. She did publish rather a book on it in the 80s. It's weird, man. It's it's another weird one. I Googled just now. It's now my search history forever. Of course. Would a woman's gestation change if she was pregnant by something else? That's what I wrote. By I don't know something what I was thinking. else. By something I else. I don't know what it obviously didn't give me the answers, but it did give me a lot of what other people have looked up, which is very disturbing. But still, the question remains, <laughs> does it? Is four months like the average? Like it's an alien baby and an Earth Does it baby, speed up? and like yeah, like would it still be nine months? I don't know. I don't know the I rules. Ask I, the fucking likers, dude. I got no idea. Yeah, yeah uh, I, and, and to, to go to, ask to the likers, bro. Now that's in my go search history, Mathis. Uh, you're it's, welcome. Congratulations, Jesse. Welcome to my my fucking internet history. Uh, just so you all know, her very first encounter with Akon in 1956 happened right at the very top of Flying Saucer Hill. And he came down, scooped her up, and they fell in love. Is that her name for the hill, or is that a real No, it's an actual hill. It's an actual hill. And it was hill. already called that? It was already called it okay, at that point, right. yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. Boys, I hope that helps give you a taste of some of the varying different types of abduction scenarios that can occur. Uh, more grays and how involved they are, even with other species. It was species, like the first act just... of like Harvest Moon space version. Like, I, it's <laughs> fucking weird. Yeah, uh, you know, and it, it, it can prove to you just how sexy these things can get. And maybe <laughs> the aliens you know, themselves is that what? That's what you were trying the to prove today. You know, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. The encounters is just what I'm trying to prove. The encounters can get really hot. Okay. And, uh, All right. The thing is, they can get real sexy, and it's normal to be attracted. Yes, to exactly. Thank I need you, to say this now because this—I mean, this is going to be my definitive. So I've now looked up gestation periods of all sorts of things. Uh, is that what you googled? <laughs> I, yes, that's what I just googled. But I swear to God, Alex is right on the money. The thing to look up was Liger. Um, I'm not saying that she's full of shit, but <laughs> lion's gestation something. period. Something else. Uh, lion gestation period. Around 110 days. A tiger gestation period between 93 and 112 days. And a liger gestation period around 100 days. So all I'm saying is, unless there's some magic, space magic here, four months you. would still not be long enough for a human body to Did like generate a child. 
Did you say there is when he said unless there's space magic? Unless there's space no, magic. Said, how dare you? <laughs> I thought yeah, unless there's there space is. magic, there isn't. There is, brother. Well, I mean, hey, space and time is all one thing. And if they're moving through, you know, the universe in a weird, you know, maybe time doesn't work. Did Wait, did Mathis, did you say there is space magic? Is that is that I, what? No, I did not say all that. All I know I did is not that not when the that. world exploded, Superman was able to fly around it backwards yeah. and reverse time a little bit. I mean, so, maybe time a, is different. Maybe it's like one of those wormhole, black hole situations. Exactly. Yeah. Maybe Could be like uh, Interstellar, right? Yeah. Maybe they were faster than us. Maybe their pregnancy is only like a month. So combined with a human, nine months, right down, right down the middle. You know. I don't think that's how that works at all. Hashtag Alex's big smile. We're off to go do a mini so That's it. I'm. It's done. I, I'm hoping this little extra alien episode helps save the weird alien. Uh, stories that the, the, the two of you and all of the listeners have been hoping to hear after our first episode covering those 12 alien race theory. I have. I feel good about it. And you know, yeah. how about you, Jesse? Do you feel better, too? I'm happier we spent more time with this. Yes. Yes. Okay, good. Yeah. Do I feel good, better good, about good. any of it? Not really, but I'm happy we spent time with it. All right. We're off to patreon.com slash Illuminati pod to do a mini so Thank you guys so much for all your support. We love you. And we'll see you next week. Also, go buy live tickets. Illuminatipod.com. Anyway, bye. bye. Me and my wife were sitting outside indulging on our porch one night, enjoying ourselves. I needed to go to the bathroom, so I stepped back inside. And after a few moments, I hear my wife go, holy shit, get out of here. So I quickly dash back outside. And she's looking up at the sky and fall. I look up too, and there's a perfect line of dozen lights traveling across the sky.